Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I am joined by Per Schneider, Hello. Casey DeFritis, and Zachary Ryan. Beyond. What? Yes. What? <laughs> Sorry. What show is this? Uh, so, I'm so confused. <laughs> uh, how's everyone doing this week? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. It's a it's a, a short week with July 4th and all of that. It is, yes. So this episode is pre-recorded. Uh, we're recording on a Tuesday, so excuse us uh, if we're a little bit behind on the news, but uh, we, are, we do have a full show for you guys today. It's packed. Uh, but what we do normally do is live stream NVC on IGN.com every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and then upload on YouTube on Fridays. So definitely make sure you come and join us for the live show when we're not uh, celebrating holidays. That's right. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, how? Yeah. How's everything going with you guys over there? Go ahead, Casey. Me? Uh, yeah. Can you want to talk about oh your, your crippling Pokemon, Pokemon edition? My, Is that my crippling Pokemon quest addiction and soul crushing grind? <laughs> oh God! Don't talk to me about it. So well, Kay- well, before well, this started, Casey talked for like nine hundred forty minutes about her <laughs> obsession. True. With a game that she's not entirely enjoying. I am mostly, I was really enjoying it until I wasn't. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, I finally got an Xbox on Friday after Ooh. never owning an Xbox before. So I spent the weekend playing Sunset Overdrive. Good game. So I have literally nothing to contribute to any conversation here That's today. That's probably the most <laughs> Nintendo game on that platform. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, Pear and I were talking okay. this morning about how it feels like a, a, like a rare game. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really does. Does it make yeah. you even more excited for uh, Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Should play the also real not rare a, game. Also, not a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not a Nintendo game. Not a Nintendo game. Back to Nintendo World. Yes. Well, uh, I've been kind of having a uh, bad week, to say the least. It's only Tuesday. How's yeah. that possible? I know. Well, you know, my Switch is uh, finally kicked the bucket. What? No. What? Yeah. What well, all right. Look here. Before everyone freaks out, um, <laughs> it still technically works. But I mean, here, let's see if we can. Can we punch into my solo cam here so you guys can get a good look? at this uh my switch is totally warped and the how, how did that happen yeah this back is expanding so if oh you look God. at it and see it's actually moly. really did crooked take it into the sauna with you what do you do no i mean i've had it since day one it's been my launch switch and it's the switch that i've used in every single video on my on my own youtube channel um so it's kind of you know done its time uh, it's a little sad that it's gone <laughs> this soon oh thank you magic kiss um <laughs> But uh, did you give it a kiss? No. <laughs> did it just heat up in your bag or somewhere and like just warp because of that? No, just over time, gradually, I've noticed more and more and even more Ooh. so today looking at it. So I, I have to do one of those like system transfers yep. ASAP, which is uh, what I'm That'll planning on doing tonight. I and easy. can't imagine what would happen to a switch left in the car in Florida because <laughs> I've had things melt in the car yeah. in Florida yeah. before. I've, I've yep. taken oh, my no. switch out of the carrying case sometimes just just sitting idle and it's been hot just coming out of the case like i think yeah. that, that especially if you're in sleep mode and stuff like i think the switch just runs hot as a console i've had i've had my switch just kind of like be on or turn itself on while it's in a case yeah. for like god knows how many hours yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's the same thing that's weird it freaks me out the worst part about it all is i'm out of warranty mm. so Ooh. i have to pay like 120 bucks have now. you tried yeah. calling them anyway uh, I haven't called them. I just did it all online. If only you knew anyone at Nintendo. If only, oh, yeah. So the reason why it sometimes won't turn off is is that one of the buttons is depressed. So definitely get a different case if it's pushing down on one of the buttons and keeps it running in mm. case. Okay. Yeah. I've had I've had really great experience with Nintendo um, customer, customer service. service. Yeah, yeah, like my original DS, um, the touchscreen stopped working like a month after warranty, and they still replaced it for me, nice. which was very nice. And I got to listen to Star Fox music while I was waiting for them to answer my call. 
<laughs> Who doesn't love a good Star Fox jam? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, all right. Well, let's get on to some good news. Um, uh, so Splatoon 2 is celebrating its first anniversary with a global Splatfest. Are you guys dun, dun, as jazzed dun, dun, dun. about it as I am? Yeah. 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 No, it's actually, it's starting on July 20th. And this is the first time it's going to actually be a global Splatfest. Usually they split it up between. <laughs> yeah. Between. Which means we'll be in a world of pain. Yes. Yeah, Japan is, Japan is for yeah. real when it comes to Splatoon. So basically yep. whatever they choose is going to win. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, so the teams are Squid versus Octopus, which is very fitting, given the Octo expansion just came out. Coolest part about it, I think, is that whether or not you have the Octo expansion uh, or not, you get to play as Octolings if you choose the Octoling side or the Octopus yeah. side. Uh, so that's really exciting. I'm going to definitely be participating in that. And I know a lot of you NVC crew people are going to be participating in it as well. So hopefully uh, we pick the same team. Do you think Japan is going to Pick Team Octopus or mm -hmm. a Team. Squid. I think Japan's gonna do Team, team Octopus. Team Taco, yeah. not Team Eat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, is the question is, which one is tastier? Octopus. Octopus. It costs more, so that yeah, yeah. Will that's be what it. I was yeah, thinking. You ever, well. you ever, Octopus is more. You ever mess with the takoyaki out there? In, yeah. When you're out there, yeah. In Japan? Takoyaki, yeah. tell me. It's yep. just wonderful. Fried octopus balls. We're recording this uh, over lunch, so there will be <laughs> yes. We're all gonna get <laughs> lots of food references um, here. All right, everybody. Octopus, octopus are a lot more intelligent than squid, so I feel kind of bad. Yeah, eating octopi them. can do math. <laughs> Little known fact. Mm -hmm. They also uh, can enact revenge. Yeah. Which is they a also, uh, sign of intelligence. They also can enact a lot of monologues. I've seen some just beautiful monologues I from didn't Occupy. I this was going to get that <laughs> deep, but thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. This is almost as interesting as Splatoon lore. Dun, yeah, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's keep it moving here. Uh, so have you guys heard about this uh, Nintendo exclusive, or I'm sorry, Japan exclusive Nintendo new 2DS XL Pretty Minecraft console? Wait, Pretty that's wild. Japan only? It's yeah. Japan only right now, yeah. Pretty wild excursion that we're talking about here. Yeah, so they announced three different um, 3DS or 2DS XLs uh, for Japan. It's the Creeper Edition, which comes preloaded with Minecraft. Minecraft, the Animal Crossing edition, which comes with Animal Crossing, and then Mario Kart 7. Uh, and they're all priced around like $140, $150 US. Uh, so the reason this Microsoft one, or I'm sorry, this Minecraft one in particular is interesting is because it's obviously a Minecraft or a Microsoft IP, yeah. right? And so now we have a Nintendo console that's branded with a Microsoft Yeah, it essentially IP. makes it like a third-party Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the first one ever, mm -hmm. pretty it much. It also looks really cool. Like, if you see an actual picture of the system, the top of it is textured, like, with the cubes. Oh, really? From the creep. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least from the picture that I saw, that's what it's. I can't not see that man with a mustache. That just looks like a guy with a mustache. <laughs> it looks like Sam, Sam right? Claiborne, it's green yeah. Sam Claiborne. Uh, yeah. oh, Sam is a zombie. It, it's pretty amazing, though, that I when Microsoft, Microsoft bought Mojang and the Minecraft franchise and everything, I always thought, oh, the end game is we're going to announce Minecraft 2 and it's an Xbox and PC exclusive. Right. Like, they have not gone down that route. They almost they added a business and they treat it like a multi platform business. Mm -hmm. They've brought Minecraft to every machine and including this one. So this, it's really cool. This also sheds a little light on the uh, uh, saccharine Twitter exchange and, and uh, campaign yeah. that we saw last week, right? That it it does, not not that to say that Microsoft and Nintendo would create a whole marketing strategy around promoting a 2DS, but it does kind of go hand in hand with that as well. Yeah. It's like, remember all those kisses we were blowing each other last yeah. week? Well, <laughs> here's a little something to remember it by. I just love seeing those two companies working together and it just kind of makes me want 
Sony even more so to part, yeah, start participating I mean, in this? As a dedicated Xbox boy since Friday, <laughs> I you know these are two of my favorite companies coming yeah. together. So yeah, no, I think it's really cool, and um, you know, I'd love, I want to see that relationship grow. I want them to start sharing more, um, you know, crossplay with different games. I mean, somebody's got to do problems. it. Doesn't look like Sony's going to step in there, so. It'll, it, it I hope it changes. Happen. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's, I'd it's like just, to think so too. They will eventually it's, be peer pressured into yeah. no, <laughs> playing it's just bad vibes. Game. And Microsoft yeah. has played the "Hey, we're friends with everybody" game for a while, but they could also kind of afford to do that, right? As they were trailing Sony in this in in this race. True. Um, so it makes sense for them. And and PlayStation obviously is at the top of the game and kind of going like, well, you know, we're not going to talk about the other guys, but gamers, you know, gamers are going to demand that the platforms are more open mm -hmm. like it, it's kind of funny like 10 years ago if somebody said hey you'll be able to play an xbox game against a nintendo player it's just or or like a yeah. you know xbox console against a nintendo console like we would have said they're crazy like no these companies are never going to get along so it's it's, it's awesome there. to see this progress mm -hmm. out there unlocking yeah. uh microsoft achievements on your nintendo 3ds <laughs> oh. there you go it's awesome yep. chivos chivo hunting on the 3ds chivos uh-huh thank you no problem so are you guys uh, excited about Nintendo Switch Online coming out sure. September? Yeah, know? of course. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, uh, especially, you know, with all the features that are being added to uh, Nintendo Switch Online that we don't already have, essentially. Um, I think it's going to be cool. But uh, Waypoint spoke with Reggie. I believe it's pronounced Reggie. Reggie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, two Gs. It's and a Waypoint. Mm -hmm. Waypoint. Waypoint spoke with Reggie. Yeah. Um, and they asked him about uh, the benefits that Switch owners will get with Nintendo Switch Online. Sure. Um, you know, even uh, over what they already have for free, essentially. And they also talked on how Nintendo plans to handle legacy content via Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, so uh, this is another quote straight from Reggie. Uh, Reggie said, Fundamentally, there are three elements to the service. Um, connected play, cloud saves, and the legacy content. We're going to continue providing more details as uh, we get them. And uh, he went on to say, what I would tell you is that we know that Nintendo has a deep and rich library. We know that consumers enjoy playing those legacy games. And we also know that we've done a lot in making that content available. Whether it's in the work we've done in, on plas past platforms, or whether it's what we've done with, micro with the micro consoles in the NES Classic and SNES Classic, for us, it's really about being thoughtful around what's the best way to enable consumers to have access to this content and to do it in a meaningful way. We think uh, the work we're doing with Nin with the Nintendo Switch Online is one way to address that opportunity. So to me, this sounds like uh, we are figuring out how to charge you for these games once <laughs> again. Yeah. Like, you know you want it. Yeah. How much will you pay for that? It's virtual console in a, with another name, right? right? Like, th there's again, there's no way that Super NES Classic, NES Classic will just exist as standalone consoles and that we will not see those games reappear and Nintendo actually leveraging the power of those games on the Switch as well. I mean, it's I, just the question is how, right? right. Mm -hmm. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like the one thing that I that Nintendo will always have over me is that I will buy Super Metroid and Super Mario World anywhere that it's available. Like yeah. mm. I I'll pay $10 for each of those every single time they come to something new because I'm an idiot, but also because <laughs> I love those games. Yep. And it's like, great, this is one less system that I have to carry around with me to play two of my all-time favorites. So mm -hmm. I wonder if Nintendo worries about... Link to the past as well. 
I want, yeah, definitely Link to the Past. Um, I wonder, you know, if Nintendo worries about fatigue for certain titles like that, especially their classic titles. I, I don't, I don't think so because, like, you know, our friend Brian Altano, he loves <laughs> to tell the story about how many times he's bought the original Super Mario Brothers. I think it's up That's to like true. fifteen or sixteen times now, and it's because. He's just a Nintendo fan, I, and he wants to ha like, like I said, like he just wants to have it on everything. Well, so. I do think there is a little bit of fatigue. And remember, like Animal Crossing used to include classic games, right? And then they stopped including <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, then they got smart because they're like, separately. oh, maybe so, people will pay. So they for are, me. <laughs> they are definitely a little bit more careful, and I, I don't think they, they'll go like, hey, you just bought the Super NES Classic, and here are the games again, right? They're not going to do that. But like the simple addition of like, if you take Super Metroid, the simple addition of taking the timer that it takes you to complete the game and creating an online speedrunning leaderboard that simple that simple change creates a different market and a different purpose for playing this game again yeah, value, totally right? yeah. as part of this online uh, online setup i mm. I think people would buy that game again just to show how fast it can be and, and it also, rank themselves. It also gives players the opportunity to play the game if they've never played it before, because I'm sure there are a lot of kids where the Nintendo Switch is their first console. Yeah. So giving them the opportunity to play a game like that with parents who are like, oh, like I've played Super Mario World, and they would purchase it again just to play yep. with their kids on a console that they're familiar with. For sure. Yeah, I, I do that over and over. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Nintendo definitely uh, seems to be spreading out their sort of their IPs across all of their, you know, units that they have out. Like we have the NES Classic, the SNES Classic. Those are clear, uh, great platforms for those retro titles. And that makes me feel like, you know, if we get an N64 Classic and maybe a GameCube Classic and they just keep going with it, um, maybe we'll never get that sort of Nintendo Switch, like all in one, like every single Nintendo game in existence. I can just play it like it's a Netflix library. Like I don't, I don't see that in the future for Nintendo. Um, and never it's say never, man. Yeah, I kind of want it though. Never say never. <laughs> I just though. because then why would anyone go and buy an NES Classic or an SNES because Classic? Because of the nostalgia collect yep. collectible factor. And it's factor. cheaper than buying a Switch and then buying all those games yeah. separately. And then mm -hmm. they can that's all you they want. can say well the Switch is a different experience because you take it with you, whereas the Super NES Classic doesn't have that benefit. Right. Like, I, I I can see the differentiation. I mean, you could carry a Super mm -hmm. NES Classic in your jacket pocket, <laughs> but that's would you right. want to? You could throw it. Probably at not. You too. But um, well, I. <laughs> I think what they'll watch as the sales, you know, like the sales were constrained by availability for both of those machines. But now you can actually find NES classics, Super NES classics, mm -hmm. quite frequently to buy online or in stores. And so I think as that tapers off, they will repurpose the games in this universe. There's just, it's a no brainer. I, I think we talked about it 100 years ago on the yep. show about whether or not the SNES Classic collection would come to the Nintendo Switch at like a smaller price point or something. Yep. And then that would like at least split off the market for the actual SNES Classic as a collector's yep. piece. You know what I mean? Like it'd be more so for people that want that little console. They want to play on that controller. You know, they want that nostalgia factor. Totally. Well, this is actually a really good time to segue into another topic. It's, we were going to go to it a little bit later in the show, but I feel like it applies to this perfectly. Uh, so Nintendo is out, out at it again, applying for uh, various patents and trademarks. Um, and uh, the new trademarks that they applied for this week are for the GameCube. The GameCube wound up uh, in there, as well as the uh, subtitle uh, for Fire Emblem Three Houses and NES and the Nintendo Entertainment System, Game Boy, Nintendo 3DS. So the GameCube one is really what sticks out to me. Uh, and we saw Nintendo obviously apply for trademarks for N64 stuff mm -hmm. in the past. We still don't have an N64 Classic announcement. Do you guys feel like this GameCube announcement could be sort of just in preparation for something like that? I or? Think Anytime Nintendo 
starts messing with these patents, there's this like wildfire that starts. It's like, oh, they're going to do a classic edition of this. To me, the more and more they, the more often that they do it, the more it seems like they're just trying to hold on to that trademark and yeah. they don't want to lose that title. They don't want to lose that like specificity to Nintendo. So I, I don't really know that, that trademarking the GameCube or re-upping on that trademark necessarily means that we should expect anything other than Nintendo still owns that title. Yeah. So. It's yeah, defensive too. Yeah. I mean, th this means that another company can't, create a video game console that's called the GameCube right. and say, oh, this has nothing to do with when, what Nintendo right. built, right? Like they can, they need to defend that, that name. The Sony uh, GameCube but, too. <laughs> I mean, the, the beauty of the GameCube is that the console had a lot of games that still by today's standards look really good. Right. Yep. And it's very easy to port them to this yep. machine. And like a GameCube Classics release where every month you get a new game. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. you know? I love that. GameCube has so many sort of hidden gems. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite consoles. Like, I would definitely... If that was part of the subscription fee that I'm paying for uh, Nintendo's online service come September, like, I'm well into that. Yeah. You go. Yeah. yeah, that would be huge. What if they put Bait and Kaidos on there? Whew! Look out. <laughs> I forgot about that game. That was yeah, a good they, one. That's what I'm talking of, about. They're a bunch of lesser games that didn't, lesser like known games that didn't sell as well as they could and should. Lost mm -hmm. Kingdoms. Yeah. Lost Kingdoms is very good. Can bring them back. Yeah. SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. No, that's What's not. That was, that was a PS2 that, game. Eternal it's on, Darkness. It's on, uh, it's on anyone? as well. Yeah. Yeah. You think they're not going to put SpongeBob on everything, Casey? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You're very right. So you guys like Amiibos, right? Not oh. as much as I like SpongeBob. Not as much as Pear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pear, you're a fan. You dabble. A little bit, little bit I dabble. I don't know if you'd call Pear a fan as much as an addict, but... I, I'm not addicted. I can <laughs> stop any time. <laughs> what, why? What do you got? Uh, so, uh, Reggie is back in the news, uh, speaking with Game Informer, where uh, they conducted an interview uh, with the president. He They asked uh, him if Nintendo is still going all in on Amiibo, because obviously we haven't seen too many come out. I mean, we did get some fresh Splatoon ones. Uh, we still are waiting for Marina and... Pearl or uh, Callie and Marie mm -hmm. amiibos that are coming out later this month, I believe. And we are getting Ridley. Yeah, that's right. Ridley's coming out. They just announced uh, Pichu oh, and Ice Climbers uh, amiibo. That's cool. And obviously, yeah. there's the alternate Splatoon ones too. That's um, right. Yeah. So eventually, we'll get Solaire. Yes, mm -hmm. Solaire is still coming. There's mm -hmm. still a couple of Shovel Knight ones coming too. Yep. So there's still, yeah, there's still life science, but it's not like this big push like when Toys for uh, Toys to Life like with Skylanders was just really right. going up, and Disney was on the mar in the market, and Lego was out there. Now it's basically Nintendo still releasing these as collectibles, and Ubisoft making little spaceships. Yeah. Yeah, so do you guys think that once Smash Brothers comes out, we'll just get a whole new line of Amiibo that everybody, like, that just has everybody? I mean, Paris going to have to yeah. build a whole other shelf, but... <laughs> I still have room. I can scooch them closer together. And that would be, like, what, 65 new Amiibo or something yeah. like that? I just feel like they're... they're it's it's moved beyond the attraction of what will these do in the game to them just being really cool collectibles. collectibles yeah. And the, the characters are so well-liked. Um yeah, I think they'll keep on going with Amiibo. It's yeah, they have NFC built into the machine, so it's not like they're, you know, they need to do anything else to make it work. They're just going to keep cranking them out. I yeah. thought they were going to re-release all of the Amiibo that have come out this far w with the Smash series when it's released. Mm. Is that is that just a rumor that I heard? Re-release them? Is that an inside yeah. scoop? If if no, they, I, I think I read an article. If today. they were evil, they would change the base slightly and make them slightly different, and then you'd have to buy them all. Not you, but some people would have to buy them all over again. Uh, I'm kind of hoping we do get a refresh. I think it would be cool um, just to get a whole new line of 
What? You, you don't seem too happy about that. I mean, I'm not an Amiibo <laughs> guy to begin with. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. Like I pick and choose and it's not because of in-game functionality. Like a lot of the Amiibo mm-hmm. that I own is because I love that character. Yeah, me too. And yeah. I just want a little fun statue on my desk and I've actually never scanned them into a game. What? So. Really? I mean, well, never trained your Smash I did, character? I did. Uh, yeah, I never. Tra- well, I did, I missed Smash almost entirely on the on the Wii U. Um, and uh, I did use it for Breath of the Wild, yeah. but only yeah. to the extent that it was like I wanted to get each of those little costumes. And did then... you ever use the uh, the Twilight Princess uh, Wolf? Uh, yeah. Wolf Link. Yeah, yeah. That was so cool. I specifically purchased the Wolf Link one for uh, Breath of the Wild, and I think I used it twice. It was fine. Yeah, but I, it just to me, it's like I don't know the the attraction a lot of the attraction of the Switch is that it's portable and it's like, yeah. I don't need to carry around a knapsack full of toys to get the most out of the I, games that I want to play on the system. I get it's it. It's funny because like Reggie said that he specifically carried Zelda Amiibos with him to the put E3, them into yeah. to E3 to put them into Breath of the Wild while he was still playing. Yeah. yeah, and when some jocks are coming after him trying to beat him up, he just whips out his Zelda Amiibo. Yeah. yeah it's the ultimate defense. Re- Reggie's got uh, NFC chip uh, inside of him, so when he scans Amiibos on himself, he actually gets powers up, power-ups in real life. What if he so. just is an Amiibo? Wow. And it just, he scans himself. I, would, I was going to say, I would pay <laughs> upwards of $30 for a Reggie Amiibo. That would be, be awesome. really cool. Yeah. You should just get uh, a Amiibo of all the Nintendo you execs. And when you, you scan them, and when you scan them on every game, the credits just roll. <laughs> Auto beat yeah. the game. Would be cool to have like Nintendo developer legends, like you get your Miyamoto, you get your Iwata Amiibo. When you scan them on a, a, a Nintendo Switch, a pizza just gets delivered to your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reggie, Reggie did go out and say that uh, they are still all in on Amiibo, so don't worry. Uh, we are still very much getting them. And, uh, you know, hopefully, I know, right? That's Ho- good because Pear, Pear was starting to go through withdrawal. Yeah. yeah. I haven't gotten a new one in such a long time. It's just it's itchy. Been, I got them all pre-ordered. Uh, yeah. Are you going to get the, uh, the Pichu amiibo? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, look at her. Yeah. I'm still trying to track down a Solaire amiibo. but I want another Ooh. Charizard one so that I can get one of them painted as shiny Charizard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's gotta, great. Now that might that might have seemed rude to the general audience, but we have to pivot off of Pokemon talk with Casey sometimes because oh, I'm she sorry. just got so much to say about it. Before the before we started recording the show, she went really deep and we sad to, and a little we bit had sad. To go in and pull her out. <laughs> I, hey, I'm writing the review, and I like to talk my thoughts. The review for what? Before putting yeah. them on paper, Pokemon Quest. Yeah, but you're scaring us. I'm sorry. We worry about your soul. That's okay. Please worry about it. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's keep going here. Um, so the 3DS is sort of in the news, kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just talked about the hottest thing. All the kids are buying it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. The 3DS. Oh, we did talk about the 2DS. You're right. Yes. Uh, so following Nintendo's 78th annual general meeting of shareholders, uh, Kyoto Shimbun, which is a uh, publication in Japan, caught up with Shintaro Furukawa, the new Nintendo president, uh, recently appointed. Uh, to discuss a number of topics, including the future of the 3DS. And here is what Mr. Furukawa had to say. Though it's been around much longer, the 3DS has certain advantages over the Switch, such as ease of purchase and the like. Uh, so uh, he also said that Nintendo is, <laughs> Nintendo is considering various possibilities in regards to a successor. So what that kind of tells me is that Nintendo really likes the price point that they have right now with the 3DS. Um, and it makes it far more available to younger audiences, which is what they've been saying uh, for a little while now. So I don't think that we will get like a 4DS or something that's like more powerful than the new 3DS, but not as powerful as a Switch. I feel like the Switch could be 
um, as close or as powerful as Nintendo can get with a handheld right now without going back to like a 3DS style system. Um, so I honestly just think that this means that they're going to sort of keep it alive and improve improve on it in some way, make it cheaper, even yeah. even more so than it already is. So I agree with you. I mean, the first... the. It is a touchscreen-based console, which means they can't exactly do what they did with the Game Boy Micro unsuccessfully, where they shrunk down the Game Boy. The Game Boy Micro is actually really, really awesome, so cool. but Nintendo killed it with just the wrong price point. Like, mm -hmm. the value proposition should have been this bygone console you can now buy for very cheap, just like the Super NES Classic and all of that. They botched that one. With the DS, you can't do that, because if the touchscreen gets too small, you can't really play the games. Right. What they can do is make it super thin. So if they mm -hmm. actually created a very, very thin, really kind of like easy to carry around version of the, the DS to differentiate it from what is, you know, a very large portable, I think that could have a life beyond... Um, You're talking about like a, a, a DS system that's as thin as your phone yes. that just flips open? Yep. Yeah. I could like see that. Game and Watch, you know? Yeah. Like that would be cool. It's that interesting, was... but it seems like also something that you just break. Yeah, yeah I'd that's, be terrified of yeah, destroying it. That's the thing. Like I feel like especially it for be good a portable for console. Yeah. yeah, I didn't say made out of paper. Right. <laughs> like how often do you break your phone? If without an OtterBox, almost I mean, every day. Yeah, <laughs> if I, didn't I literally have a genius appointment uh, tomorrow at Apple <laughs> to replace my broken phone. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, well, there goes that. I think I think in every generation of iPhone that I've owned, I've broken the screen at least once. Yeah. I'm very good about it. The only time I've ever broken a screen on my phone is when the case was off of it. Yeah. All right. So maybe they'll make a like special D DS for idiots. Like, <laughs> maybe out of rubber, padded rubber. Like a 2DS. Yeah. It's, just, the, it's just a DS that is permanently strapped to your wrist. Yeah. So just all the chips. Yeah, it has, it has yeah. the strap and all the chips are made from foam. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just so you can't hurt yourself, yeah. dummy. <laughs> uh, no, but I, but, but I agree. I mean, like, there is life left for it. What, what I think is important, though, is that, again, like, that price point is very different from this machine. Yeah. Like, is there a, a way to make the the device so much cheaper? Mm -hmm. Yeah, ease of accessibility and and that library of games digitally. Like, mm -hmm. if they remove the uh, the necessity to buy cartridges for for the DS, like, that's, that's an easy way to bring the price point down and then upsell on digital releases for the 3DS. And an all-encompassing... A uh, smaller version of that system, I think, would be a, a banger. So, I mean, yeah, a version of that system that's even cheaper than it is already with that yeah. vast library, that huge, you know, install base that it already has. It would be hard to refuse something like that, especially if you've never owned one before. Well, so. how about this? They make an add-on that plugs into the bottom port of your DS that has a cartridge slot, and so you plug it in, and that becomes your DS, and then you have the touchscreen here on your phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking crazy. No, Sell an I mean, add-on for I mean, it does, 40 it, bucks to your phone. They do want mobile gaming to uh, yeah. become a main pillar of revenue. They did it with a Game Boy Player, granted for their own device, but everybody's got a smartphone. And the Game Boy Player was great. Yeah, it was good, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, Casey, you're absolutely right. In that same interview, uh, Mr. Furukawa did say that mobile gaming is incredibly important mm -hmm. to them and that they do want it to become the third pillar of their gaming. Um, but in order to... Ahead. <laughs> in order to make smartphones, uh, uh, smartphone Nerd. games a pillar in Nintendo, uh, they're going to have to reach at least 100 billion uh, yen. Which is like $900 million. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, you know, Nintendo's a pretty profitable company. There's, you know, I'm pretty sure that they could get to that number. Yeah. 
Hey man, uh, partnering with Niantic on Pokemon Go must have gotten them at least somewhere, yeah. <laughs> somewhere significantly closer to that for sure. I can't imagine like what that cut is, but if that's their strategy moving forward, I don't. I honestly don't see nine hundred million dollars being totally out of the question. Yeah. Like, it's an insane sum of money for sure. Mm. But if anybody can do it, if I mean, anybody has the properties to make that happen, it's Nintendo. I I also so far with Nintendo's. Um, like mobile game properties, like at least the ones that they're more involved with, like um, Mario Run Fire Emblem. and Fire Emblem, and well, huh, Fire Emblem could have could be a cash grab, but I guess it just depends on the property. Mm-hmm. Like Pokemon Quest, like the maximum amount of money you can spend on it is like fifty bucks. It, like you cannot spend, you physically can't spend more money on it than that. Yeah. So it's interesting to see if they will take that kind of strategy, or if they will go with the microtransaction. You have to pay every mm-hmm. time you want to mm-hmm. try and get a new character from the lottery system. <laughs> I really like yeah. the approach that they took with Quest. I think that's yeah. really smart. I just learned mm-hmm. that today. Um, Casey's been playing through Pokemon Quest like crazy because she's handling the wiki and she's also reviewing it too, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, she's the fact- having a great time. <laughs> she's loving every second of it. Um, no, but the, the crazy thing about it is that you, like you said, you can only pay up to $50 and then you unlock everything in the game. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to yeah. spend and any more money. You actually can't. Like even if you wanted to, it, the game does not allow you to buy more stuff. What is that? Like childproof? Oh. Like, I mean, yeah, you just like you already bought this. You can't buy it. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a way to let. Why you... why put a ceiling on that? Like, if somebody wants to spend a thousand dollars on the Pokemon cubes, why not sure. let them? I don't know. But maybe to defend and advance yeah. against like the you know the integrity le- legislation <laughs> might be coming around gambling, True. right, and loot boxes and all of that. They might just and Nintendo does does think of the children. <laughs> like maybe <laughs> they're they're being careful. They don't want to be. Um, Are you quoting Helen Lovejoy on this yes, podcast? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, so you guys remember the Nintendo Labo Creators Contest? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. With that super cool switch. Which Pete. I will never win and get the cardboard. Hey, not with that attitude. Oh, okay. <laughs> People have been making some pretty incredible stuff. Uh, yeah. I saw this video See? pop up on Twitter. I for, totally forgot the name of the Twitter account, but it's uh, they created. <laughs> I'll I'll put it in the Good. video description. I'll put a link to the guy in the video description. It's a hey, Japan. It's a Japanese write that account. Down. Yeah, put link in video description. Yeah. Um, Nintendo Labo Laser right. Tag. I think we have some B roll of this. Uh, you could run it. So this is really cool. Those um Whoa. those Nintendo zappers what? are actually handmade. Uh, wow. so they're not real and this guy uh along with his friend created this amazing laser tag system just completely out of nintendo labo uh, obviously the zappers aren't cardboard they're they're wood pieces you can see he's doing some laser cutting there but it looks amazing and this is exactly the kind of stuff that i wanted to see out of labo that i hope more people take advantage of this stuff um and you Some know go crazier a with it a lot of time on their hands yeah what do you do for a job a wood shop. <laughs> i mean i mean apparently they build nintendo labo stuff I mean, there's definitely this some some engineering so talent cool. going yeah. on there. Yeah, and then you can see... Um, printing, maybe? No. If, if you're not watching the video, this is a boring segment, but I yeah. assure you it's great. <laughs> For those of you uh, listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, basically these guys made a Nintendo Zapper, which is like the old NES uh, light gun that worked with the NES. Uh, and they also made this these cool cardboard Mario hats that they're attaching Joy-Cons to to the top of, and then the Zapper has the other Joy-Con and you just kind of play laser tag with a friend. And that Switch tablets uh, act as their life bars or their HP, so they can kind of keep track of who's winning and who got knocked out. So I just think it's a really genius idea. And this is just some of the creativity that Nintendo has been able to spark out of people um, just through, you know, the Switch and Labo. So, so, so good. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. So good. 
Yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. I thought it was kind of fun. Before we jump into our leading games this week, uh, which we have plenty to talk about because we are catching up on some stuff that we haven't been able to talk about uh, in the past couple weeks with E3 and holidays and all this crazy stuff going on. But uh, let's just jump right into our pick of the week this week, and that is Luminous. That's right. Remastered. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, it's out now. It's $14.99. Uh, this actually didn't come out this week. It came out, I believe, last week. Yeah, it came no. out last week. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's definitely one that you should not m- miss, especially if you're a fan of puzzle games and you have never played Luminous. I believe it's the first time this is on a Nintendo console. That's uh, Was it on 3DS? So is this a port from? I can't remember. It's an upgraded. It's an upgraded port. port. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's like a rhythm puzzle game, right? Yeah, and I I, I played the hell out of this. On mm-hmm. the, it was on the PSP, right? It hasn't been yes. that long, Jesus. Yeah, um, I played the hell out of it, and I bought it again, and I can't stop playing it. The basic concept is you're dropping these bricks from the top, and a timeline goes across your stream that that uh, your screen that clears out any. Uh, batches of four that you've created with the same color. And like as you do well and you create more combos, the music changes. The, it's like you can see the the beat actually matches um, the, the line going across mm-hmm. the street, screen too. Like it changes the music until you get to a point where your entire theme for the screen changes to different colors and the music again switches. So it becomes this, in the, in the main mode, it becomes this quest to unlock these different uh, themes for the game. Yeah. There's more. There's like a puzzle mode too where you have to make shapes. There's like endless mode, just like in Tetris games. It's just so good. Yeah, it's one of the so most simple. It's one of the most addicting games I think I've ever played in my life. It's uh, one of those games where you can sit down and with the objective to play a couple of rounds, and then all of a sudden it's hours later, yeah. and you you peel your eyes off the screen, and it's like, what year is it? Like, it, it, <laughs> it's insane how addictive this game is. It's super super good. This was the main reason to uh, own the little Sony portable back uh, back in the days. What about and Crisis then, Core? You know, obviously the 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 brother separated birth Meteos was the the DS right. one. You mm-hmm. know, that that's the one we we talked about on the DS. The music is Gucci. This is very mesmerizing yeah. to even just watch. Oh, when no, wait till you the hear music. the music. The yeah. So yeah, that yeah. should also be said that the music is dope. Like, it's from the creator so of Res, I yeah. believe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you've played Res, then you know what to expect out of the music. It is really good. A lot of these songs in this game get stuck in my head um, yeah. all the time. Plus, take so. a look at that good boy in the corner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dancing Excellent. blue puppy. Oh, yeah. So um, no brainer to add that one. It is, you know, last week we said Justin Davis said it was the best puzzle game ever made. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a fan of Puzzle League and of Super Puzzle Puzzle Mario and of Tetris and of Puyo Pop and all those games too and Columns. Um, but I think that's right up there. Like yep. I would definitely buy this one. It's mm-hmm. it's it'll one be, of the classics. It'll be one of your go-to games to play on the go. Yep. Yep. You uh, have to get it, Casey. Another amazing game, a masterpiece, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that came out last month, and we just didn't have enough time to talk about it, which sucks because it's awesome. It's a great game. Inside uh, oh. came out on Switch, Jeez. and it's, it's out now. It's $20, uh, which is totally worth it. Did I, absolutely pick this game up if you have bought, uh, played it. No, but it was close. It was okay. very Yeah, close. it was close. So this came out in 2016, 2016. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was a very divisive year because our game of the year choices came down between um, Inside and the Overwatch uh, that No, year? The Witness. But the also Witness, uh, Witness yeah. or Overwatch ended up winning, but the, the runner-up award was between this and um, The Witness. 
So the witness, uh, you know, kind of like a slower paced thinking man's puzzle game. Uh, this is like an action really puzzler, good. yeah. This game is a little bit more, it's a puzzle game, but it's a little bit more kind of like about the atmosphere mm -hmm. and how the game makes you feel. Now, don't, you know, don't worry about it being some sort of weird, you know, like kind of walking simulator story-based game. It it's is not, all about yeah. the experience. And the puzzle design is freaking ingenious, but the world is yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, it's made by the same people who made Limbo. Yep. And so it shares a lot of that aesthetic as yeah. well and, and it's tone. Really interesting. I played this game, well, the end of this game with a group full of people, and it was really, it was really interesting and fun. And we finished, and we we're just like, don't "What? Give it away? No, just what just happened?" And then we all sat there and discussed the game we just played together for like an hour. Yeah, yeah the that, game, <laughs> it comes off as as one thing, and then it just totally turns into a, another you game. Can, the second half, you can finish this game probably in one or two sittings. Like it's mm -hmm. not a super yeah. long game. But a lot of the imagery, a lot of the things that you do in this game will stick with you for a very long time. And I remember that being the topic of conversation towards the end of that year was like, yeah, okay, but of the games that you played, like which experiences have really stuck with you? And so much of what you do in inside is just like really impactful and deeply disturbing and... It yeah, and the game doesn't tell you anything, but it's obviously like you play as this little boy. You know, this it's kind of like an escape, uh -huh. right? And you're you see kind of like just like in a game like Portal, you see some sort of oppressive corporation. Mm -hmm. You know, like you you see these warehouses, you see this machinery, and like there's this one scene, uh, you know, where you see a guy in the background with a clipboard, <laughs> and you know. They're presumably the evil people, right? Mm -hmm. Like they do, and they're running so, some sorts of experiments, and they're, you know, like you you get killed in this game, like A lot. the Oddworld games, yeah. right? Like when you mess up. But the guy is standing in the background in this, it's really corporate fashion with this clipboard, and he brought his kid to work. Mm -hmm. And like it has these moments where you're like, oh, that's horrible, mm -hmm. right? Like he, th this kid is learning from his dad that it's okay to be like part mm -hmm. of this, this awful, awful company. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I love how the game doesn't spell anything no. out for you. These are all things all that open you figure a hypothesis out. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to this pivotal moment in this game, which we're not going to give away, where the animation of the character and the sequences is just something that you've never seen in a yeah. video game before. Mm -hmm. And like every, Truly just everyone, it. everybody should play this game. It mm -hmm. is not a very long game. Um, we gave it a 10 out of 10. We, we gave it a 10. It's yeah. just, this is true indie royalty arriving mm -hmm. on the Switch. You have to play this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love the pacing of it too. It's, it's so short, good. but it's like perfect. Shout out to, shout out to uh, the sound design, everything. It's predecessor Limbo as well. Another mm -hmm. really, also yep. another really amazing game that's also out on the Switch. Yeah, in Limbo by comparison feels almost a little dated. Yeah. You know, because there have been so many copycat games yeah. of Limbo and its style too, that mm -hmm. kind of like shadow style. And Limbo was a 2012 or 2011. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, you're right. Limbo is still uh, worth playing. It mm -hmm. has some really amazing moments in it too, but inside it's just another level. Yep. Mm. Creepy too. So creepy. I liked it. Uh, so Crash Bandicoot came uh, out. Everyone's uh, favorite marsupial. Crash Insane Trilogy. Uh, $39.99 <laughs> on the eShop. Uh, or I believe there's a physical edition as well that you can pick up. Uh, you guys play Crash Bandicoot at all? I uh, did. Yeah. yeah, back in the day. 100 years ago, yeah. In the early PlayStation days, I, I covered the Nintendo... Uh, platforms back then, uh, mm. the N64, and play and and Crash was really positioned as the Mario killer at the time. So mm -hmm. I played it kind of 
with a lot of disdain, yeah. and I found it to be not a Mario killer at all. So first of all, it it, it isn't as good as. Do you Mario. remember the old uh, Crash commercials? They had all these commercials. They even Sony even brought a dude in a yeah. suit to the <laughs> office too. Really? Who was talking smack? Yeah, in I, front of the Nintendo I, corporate I lived office. All. Yeah. What it is though, it is it is a fun <laughs> game, and it's it's on rails. So the sequences where you're running at the camera, terrible idea, but also running uh, away from the camera, making this more of kind of like a like a chase game. Um, it is mean. Very it's hard. Tough. Yeah, yeah. The, it's a little loose. The first game, the first game is bad. I don't yeah. like the first crash, and it's they it's mean in the way that that you die a lot because the design isn't tight. Right, like, you you but, die and it's not your fault. Right, yes. but two yeah. and three, two. Two and three especially are like actually really fun games. Three might be the best of the bunch, but yeah. Um, yeah. And there, I, I mean, there are. Yeah, this also looks really great like, running on mm-hmm. Switch. Yeah, it yeah. actually it's running at 720p docked, yeah. uh, which nice. is eh, is it? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would have been happy with at least 900p. I want my I want my you, marsupials in the highest definition you, possible. You the thing like more p. I like more p. <laughs> more p's, please. Oh my God, please isolate that. Anybody, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. But it looks pretty nice. Um, and then in handheld mode, it, it apparently runs at 480p, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't see that much of a difference it's between so the small. standard. It's so difficult to yeah, tell. exactly. So it's really great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a cool nostalgic trip back mm-hmm. to the 90s. Yeah, just know what you're getting into if you've never played Crash. Like, especially if you start with the first game, you, you will yeah. curse a lot. Like, yep. jumping over holes, there'll be little pl- floating platforms. It's very difficult to line up the character because of the way the camera is set up and the way the game moves and the way it feels. The character is much more loose than, like, a Mario, for yeah. example. It's, it's a little bit more it's like Rayman. one of those games I that I got yeah. good at as a kid because mm-hmm. I had nothing better to do at Aftercare. <laughs> so I just played the same level over and over and over again yeah. until I remembered exactly what to do and when. Yeah. And when I try to pick it up 10 years later, I just completely ate <laughs> away all of my friends' lives because uh, yep. <laughs> it's hard. But it's still really fun. Yeah, it's a cool, cool piece of gaming history. This one, uh, the Insane Trilogy, all of the platforms have uh, a, an exclusive new level uh, mm-hmm. that has never been seen before. Is this Tiger level new? No. No, no but uh, it's, it's unlocked right from the get-go. So as soon as you boot up the game, if you load into uh, Crash 3... Uh, right there in the hub world is the new level and you can check it out. It's called like Future World or something like There's, that. Yeah, there, so Future World is the first, uh, I can't remember if it's actually called Future World, but that particular level is the first level built from the ground up since this uh, uh, re-release happened. But there's also there's also a level called Stormy Ascent that I believe came out last fall that was a crash level um, that was designed but never released because it was just they thought it was just too hard mm-hmm. and it is in this collection and it is just absolutely insanely hard. Did you beat it? Yeah. Is that why it's called like the crash. insane trilogy? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I way love, to go detective. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> I love how crash has reappeared where, you know, you play it in uncharted obviously. Yeah. And it, it's kind of cool to see it return. Spoilers. By the way, it's crash is the fastest selling switch game in the UK this year. He's also beat the, out Mario tennis. Also, yeah. uh, the second fastest animal mascot right behind Sonic the Hedgehog. Is he? Really? I don't know. What about no, Knuckles? Absolutely not. <laughs> what about Na- Knuckles and Arrow the Acrobat? Do you know that X Miles? Do you know that and uh, Bubsy? Do you know that Tails' full name is As Miles uh, per hour? Per hour. Yeah. Miles per hour. Miles yeah. per hour. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Huh? So awesome. And he's got multiple tails. Two tails. Miles yeah. tails per hour. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <Bonker>. so, <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I think I think we'll get another crash, like an actual sequel. Like I would love, yeah, crash yeah I would love for that to happen. Just because I don't know why I just so said well. I don't like Crash, but it's fine. <laughs> I think for people that like Crash, yeah. and they want a sequel, that's I, great. I always talk very bad badly about Crash games, but in the end, I'm still having fun with them. Sure, yeah, it's just the old Nintendo rivalry. Mm-hmm. Can't let it go. So Runbo uh, is oh. out on Switch now. Have you guys played yeah. Runbo? It Runbo was a- is yeah. uh, chaos on a cartridge. Like oh God, it, yes. Runbo <laughs> is, it's like if an endless runner and <laughs> Smash Brothers were just make a sweet love. <laughs> that game is, it's so fun and so chaotic. Yeah. And um, it's an action platformer. It is an action platformer. You're racing against your friends. Mm-hmm. And then Runbo does a cool thing where you can, you can race against each other, but then also uh, the, the platforms that form in the level are based on color. So like at, at any given moment, like you can only land on red platforms or you can only land on blue or whatever. And there's a mode that allows uh, one character to make those decisions decisions so like you can do four player i think this game even goes up to eight player but Mm -hmm. one of those players can just be like the cruel dungeon master and just be changing things on the fly (laughs) that adaptivity results in just so many people flipping out and screaming and trying to get to the end over each other and you control each other along the way so punch each other yeah Yeah, it's there's a a, there's a pretty funny video from pax i think 2016 pax east where altano and i and i think marty and a couple other people like all showed up at their booth to play this game and Mm -hmm. and just ended up we weren't friends for a whole year after that (laughs) it's got eight players on switch which is crazy yeah Yeah. it yet had eight players on the original too and it's just uh, like you the, the funny thing about seeing it on Wii U was that there was all these different control schemes. Like everybody could use all the different things. And uh, it, it's just a crazy game for insane people. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and another game that came out, we're just going to quickly touch over this one, Spirit Sphere DX. Uh, it's $10 on the eShop. And it's the closest thing we'll ever get to a Zelda tennis game. Pretty it much. is Zelda tennis. <laughs> look, look at the, if you're watching this, look at the graphics. It basically looks like the <laughs> NES Zelda games. The main character, well, one of the characters is called Lin, yeah. without the K. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's very, very deliberate. And the way the game feels and the moves, like your sword swipes and your you can charge your sword up to do a spin attack, uh, basically feels like the Legend of Zelda. And there, there's even Power a, ups and stuff. There's a That's dungeon neat. stage with a little little skeletons in it too. It, I it, love it. Yeah. It looks, it looks like kind of reminiscent of uh, any of the final battles against uh, Ganondorf where you're bouncing the things yeah. back and yeah, forth. No, that's yeah. basically it. It's, yeah. it's, it's like uh, Pong, it, but also Zelda. It's <laughs> taken the from the Super NES, like the Aganim battle where uh-huh. you hit back the, yeah, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it's taken that and doing it in 2D like that. And it's a, yeah, it's a really fun multiplayer game. It has all these different modes where yeah. um, you play with friends against a boss mm. or, you know, you can team up, you can play single player like a, Type of campaign. Can you, you can, shoot your opponent with an arrow? You can. Yes. You pick up those. Get you a point. You pick up like different <laughs> items. You can throw yeah, bombs yeah. and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, there's a there's a couple different levels. There's like a dungeon one as well. Yeah. Uh, there's caves and stuff. It's it, um it's just got all looks silly. There's animal characters too, where you use your tail to swipe it back. And also yeah. just specify yeah. the graphics are more like old school Zelda, not. Like Ocarina of Time or something. Right. No, yeah. Watching. It's like a Link to the Past kind of. Yeah, style. a little bit, little, little bit more eight bitish. But yeah. so many yeah. great in tennis games yeah. out on the Switch these days. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of tennis. I mean, that that's the kind of funny thing. Like this came out at the same time as Mario Tennis. Yeah, mm-hmm. why would you do that? If you want, yeah, not great. But yeah, if you want to play a, a, a game that looks exactly like a Zelda or a Dragon Quest game and 
and and play tennis in it with your friends. Here, here's one. Yeah, and it's perfectly priced at uh, ten bucks. Ten so. bucks. Yeah. yeah, it's really well done. Check it out. Uh, and then uh, Burnstar came out of nowhere. I had you no made idea. That up. Burn. No, I'm serious. Burnstar, uh, which is a lot like Bomberman. It even looks like Bomberman. Uh, it's published by Gearbox, Gearbox Software, yeah. which is really interesting. That's initially what <laughs> caught my eye about this one. But it's a lot of fun. It's pretty good. It's $20. It came out on the eShop this week. It's like Bomberman, but it has a lot of puzzle-solving elements. That's kind of the main hook for this. Yep. So you're not really... Um, there is a clock, and you gain sort of different stars or you get one star if you finish in one minute or you get three stars if you finish much faster. So it, it has that mechanic. I haven't even it. seen this. Where did this come from? Why yeah. Did I, how did I miss Konami. it? Konami. It was just a surprise release. It's actually not even on Nintendo's website, uh, yeah. but apparently, oh, wow. yeah, it's out. Um, and it's it's cool. It's got a bunch of different stages. It's level-based, so you hop uh, in around in an overworld. I think there's four different overworlds. They have a lot of levels. There's like 30 levels in each world. Uh, and there's four different characters. They each play differently. The one that you're seeing on screen screen right now is a little blue guy, and he's got this like freezing ability. Uh, there's a red guy that can like flame sprint, but it's all about blowing up stuff and kind of causing different chain reactions with your explosions, and then collecting the gold stars that drop on the floor. Does it have multiplayer like Bomberman? It does. Yeah, it has multiplayer. Uh, I don't think there's like a battle mode where you're fighting each other. It's not really that type of a game. It's really way more of like a puzzle solving game okay. with some really cool action involved so definitely check out burn star if you're a bomberman fan uh and you like puzzle solving as well yeah, yeah it's fun yeah dead limb alley was the name of that stage yeah i'm uh. <laughs> wondering so there, there are a lot of uh bomb uh themed games coming out yeah there's, there's chickens chicken laying bombs yeah. too yeah, that's yeah. right, bomb chicken. We're gonna we're gonna talk about bomb chicken next week, probably. Oh, man, I I'm excited wait. about yeah. that. I'm kind of waiting for Brian to come back before we talk about bomb chicken because yeah. he's such a fan. Is that, is that right. info embargoed? Oh no, I don't think it's under embargo. I love that game. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it it's is really good. It's really good. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll talk more about that once Brian awesome. comes in. Uh, so, did you guys get a chance to play the Captain Toad demo? Yes, oh. sir. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played the demo yet, but I have played Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker back on the old Nintendo Wii U. Nice. The demo is very skimpy. I mean, compared to your three hours of Octopath or, right. you know, what we've done with, uh, you know, even Mario Tennis and stuff. There's not a lot to it. It's it's three stages. How long or would it there, take to finish? Nine minutes? Oh, yeah. no. Like, is there any, no, it's very short. <laughs> are, are any of the stages new? No. Not in the okay. demo. So they give no. you all. They give you three old stages. You can, of course, like complete them normally, or you can get the full uh, five stars or whatever the, I right. what the yeah. rating is, uh, where you collect everything. I mean, that's the only way but to it, fly. But <laughs> it gives you a really good idea of what the game is like. Um, if... If there's anybody, if, if there's anybody out there who hasn't played Captain Toad before, um, there's a lot more to these levels. They get way more complicated it's so later. Good. It's a super clever and charming game. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. One of my play. favorite Wii U games. So stoked that it's on the Switch. I'm like, I'm not one to like replay games over and over again, but I will definitely play through this again. Can you guys give us a basic rundown of what the gameplay is like in Captain Toad? Yeah, you play as this tiny man with a mushroom <laughs> for a head. <laughs> Captain Toad. He seems, he seems very stressed out all the time, and there he is in the, the dioramas tracking the treasure. So basically, like what, what you're what you're doing is you're in sort of an obstacle course where you need to navigate through these like precarious situations and find different treasure that's hidden around the course of the level. And everything looks like a Mario game, yeah. but you can't jump. 
Exactly. Like it's the one the one factor is you can't jump. So every little fence is an obstacle because Toad just can't jump. His head's too <laughs> he's heavy. He's too top yeah. heavy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, like he's a mushroom. Mushrooms. I love too in the in the Switch version how or do you remember in the Wii U version how the camera was sort of tied to the joypad yeah. or to the, yeah. the yeah. Wii thing? Um it, it just yeah, it, it's not like that in the Switch version. You can use Great. sticks. It's really nice. It uses the motion controls uh when you're using single Joy-Con to sort of use what the Wii Mote did for mm -hmm. the uh yeah. The other version, so interesting. Yeah, I think that but it solves a lot it's of the also, problems. It's a really pretty game. Yeah, like the design really nice. is so mm -hmm. everything looks so like plasticky and mm -hmm. blocky, and it's just incredibly colorful and it has crazy bosses. Yeah, really new cool new stages come into the Switch version, so that's, yeah, that's right. Based on uh, based on Odyssey, New Donk City. Yeah. Hey, um, what do you guys call a room without windows? A mushroom. A mushroom. That's. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Zach. Like, are you sure good. you're not a dad? Is your dad joking? Uh, hey, hell, I might be. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, a uh, little bit of a shorter show this week, uh, just uh, because, you know, we're not doing it live. So we got to get out there and set off a bunch of fireworks. I know. We got to get an early start on our 4th of July uh, break here that's that we're having in the middle of the week. You guys doing anything hour, fun? Do you guys going to go barbecue? Dungeons and Dragons session and damn, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we, I I live up in um, Marin County, so north of San Francisco, and in San Rafael we have this festival and there's fireworks every night. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Just, that's really cool. I just uh, my neighbors and I just walk out of our houses, climb a hill, and watch fireworks. How is your how's your uh, your injured dog dealing with all the fireworks. That seems like a real double whammy. Yesterday, she didn't hear them, luckily, but like the first uh, night, she was like, what the hell is this? And she yeah. looked a little worried. Yeah. yeah. Mm. She wants to flee immediately. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. sadly, yeah. she cannot. Yeah. Poor Midna. Poor she's, Midna. She's, uh, I got a lot of well wishes from people, including from a cat named Zelda. Thank you very much. <laughs> that really helped. Um, so we're uh, we're hopeful she'll make her full recovery. Can we can we support. take two minutes each week and do like a little Midna check in? Little to see update. how she's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah there has been no no oozing from the. You. Oh, oh, no. oh, never mind. I just realized <laughs> what a bad idea. This once was oozing. She's pooping a lot. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, well, I think that about wraps us up. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Well, that's our show this week. Uh, we're a weekly show on IGN.com live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time, or you. You can catch us the following day every Friday on YouTube at 2.30 p.m. That's when we upload. And uh, we're also available. No, Zach's saying no. 3 p.m. It's 3. Yeah. Close. Oh, it is 3. Yeah, that's right. We we're did actually, change it. Sorry. Starting next week. Yeah. Obviously, this is such a nominal change for mm. NBC. But yeah, there is a 24-hour window. For other podcasts. This is my job, you guys. This is what I got to do every day. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you guys don't have to worry about anything here. If you're watching live with us every Thursday, nothing changes for you. Uh, and also, if you catch us on YouTube, the only change on Fridays is we'll start uploading at 3 o'clock sharp. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then we're also available on all, all your favorite podcast listening services as well. So make sure you're uh, checking us out there and subscribed. It's mm -hmm. a great thing to do while you're in the car, driving to work, if you're at the gym. Uh, actually, I you know, before are you, are you just suggesting where people listen yeah, to podcasts? You guys should now? really yeah. work out more. You should. You yeah. should all work out. We should all work out more. I'm good. Thanks. I need to. Um, all right, <laughs> that's it. We will uh, see you guys next week. Take care. Get the thing. Bye. Bye.